This Monday, October 30th, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win 100x plus every Sunday they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. Roster brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. The sports betting research platform for player props, parlays, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, the MMA Gambling Podcast has launched their YouTube channel. To celebrate, we're giving away a MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie for all the details. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, October the 30th, currently 11.09 on the East Coast, here to get into the 11-game schedule in the association on this Monday. And joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Not nothing much. Looking forward to the games on Monday. Should be fun. I know last episode on Friday, my picks were not the greatest, but it happens. We'll have to bounce back here. Uh, should be fun. Had a pretty entertaining uh, NBA watch yesterday when I was watching the Lakers and Kings game get into overtime. Pretty fun. Kings got the job done in the end, but it was still a very solid game to watch nonetheless. You watch any of it or any basketball in general over the weekend? <laughs> Yeah, I caught the um, – I mean, I wasn't going to watch the Bears and the Chargers last night. Uh, that game was over by halftime. But, yeah, I, I caught the, the Lakers game uh, against the Kings and then the uh, Clippers and the Spurs, and that wasn't much of a game either. But, yeah, I caught some NBA action yesterday. The Obviously, the most exciting game was the Lakers and the Kings. That went into overtime where the Kings, yeah, took care of business there. So, yeah, pretty eventful uh, NBA day or day at least um, to in the night there, Scott. Yeah, uh, just watching it play out. The Lakers look like the same team as last year. Not yeah. a compliment pre-trade that one because they can't shoot. They're dead last in three-point shooting. And it looked like a lot of the acquisitions they made during the offseason really haven't done much. Vincent played 30-plus minutes. He forgot how to shoot, apparently. And you're looking down the line. Delo's still there. He can't play. So, you know, the Lakers are going to have to trade him. A lot of issues with that team. They're going to address it at some point, but they can't keep relying on 38-year-old LeBron and Anthony Davis to carry the entirety of this team. Supporting cast, simply put, not good enough. And that was the yeah. issue that I noticed in the Phoenix game. I know they had a great comeback and they won the game. Phoenix had Durant and nobody else, and you were down double digits in the fourth quarter. Now, you came back and you won it, but that's a problem because you're supposed to be viewed as a title contender and the supporting cast, Reeves has been terrible the entire yeah. year since they paid him. Uh, the only guy who's been actually decent as a supporting cast member from the outside, I guess, is Torian Prince. Yeah, That's really it. I mean, nobody mm -hmm. else can shoot. Hachimura's hit a couple of threes here and there, but damn, D'Lo's not any good. Like, I've, I've criticized him for a while, but it's not working out. He's going to have to get chipped off. Yeah, I think that move is probably coming. I mean, if they're smart, come sooner rather than later. Um, Gabe Vincent hasn't been very good either. O of eleven from three no, it's point Kendrick land. Gone all over again. 
Yeah. Uh, to start the season. I mean, he's definitely going to turn around, but you know, not the greatest start right now as far as from a shooting perspective for this uh, Los Angeles Lakers team. Which last season was pretty much their downfall because, again, they didn't have a lot of guys that can shoot the three ball last season. I know they tried to address it with Gabe Benson. I know Rui Achimura can knock them down, but he's not really that three-point shooter that you're looking for. Um, Austin Reeves, I think, will eventually turn around as well. I mean, still early on, but again, there's, again, question marks right now for the LA Lakers from a supporting cast perspective and at the point guard position as well for uh, the Lakers. Hopefully, they do make an upgrade with, um, or with, I should say, with D'Lo being possibly shipped out uh, just after three games of the regular season. Uh, Scott, 11 games here on Monday to get through. Again, like we usually do, we'll go through the side total and uh, throw out some player props that we do like for these games. So uh, let's just kick it off here, Scott. First game on the board here, we've got the Boston Celtics. They are in the nation's capital to take on the Washington Wizards. Uh, Currently, as it stands, the Celtics are a a 10-point favorite with a total of 229 in this game. I'm trying to pull up the injury report for both of these teams. Give me just one second. Uh, here we go. Um, I see Gafford's I've, questionable. That's basically it. Yeah, that, that's pretty much a significant one uh, for both these teams. Uh, your guy, Landry Shamit, uh, not playing in this game, unfortunately, Scott. So I'm not sure you're going to be watching this Wizards game. He's dealing with a left toe injury. Other than that, pretty healthy squad here for both these teams. Um, minus 10 as it stands here, Scott. What are you thinking? Yeah, well, I agree with ZS. Uh, I agree with ZSA. I'm going to go with uh, pool over turnovers as a good starting point. I think yeah. the Celtics win this game comfortably if they care. The Wizards won their last game against Memphis. Memphis on a back-to-back, and once again, the Grizzlies are not a very good basketball team. If you just watch them, not their fault. You know, Ja got suspended. You ended up losing Stephen Adams for the season. The point is, you're just looking at the overall spot, and the Wizards on a back-to-back for the Grizzlies made the Grizzlies run and they just couldn't handle it. So I'm not shocked that the Wizards won the game. It was just a good spot for them. Mm -hmm. I'm on Boston. They did not look good in the first quarter against Miami, but they responded well and they eventually won the game by, I believe it was eight. They didn't cover, but still they had a bad first quarter and they bounced back nicely. Boston talent wise is light years ahead of this team. And you're looking at what the Wizards can do take a lot of quick shots. I I mean, you're looking at Tyus Jones, who I like, you're looking at Jordan Poole, who is a high-volume guy. He's got talent, but he chucks, he's a chucker, let's be real. And you have Kuzma, who's fine. Like, I like Kuzma. I think he's a good player. So that's really it. You don't really have anybody else. You can talk about some other younger guys. I know some people might throw in Avdia, who just got paid a decent amount of money. Kispert mm-hmm. is in there. But I, once again, he's kind of a spot-up, only three-point shooter. I think Boston is just a lot deeper than this team. And I think that when you're looking at Tatum and Jalen Brown and Drew Holiday and Porzingis playing against Washington for the first time since he got shipped out, it's a good spot for Boston for me. I know it's 10 on the road. It's a lot, but I don't think the Wizards are any good. So I think the Wizards had one good game because the shooters got a little bit hot there and Memphis once again was fatigued. I'm taking Boston. Whether or not you like this team in the playoffs – is irrelevant because it's the regular yeah. season. Right. I think they show up here and I think they bury a bottom feeder and they win this game by like 20 points. Yeah, at least of the first couple games here for Boston, or sorry, for the Wizards, as you say, they are one of the worst three point defenses. I know, again, 
say all this with a grain of salt because we only have about a two, three game sample for a lot of these teams, but they are, they've given up an average of 19 and a half three point makes to the opposition, half the Washington wizards. I know the uh, Boston Celtics are down there as well as from a um, three point shooting uh, percentage allowed. They are the worst team as for uh, three point shooting goes for the Boston Celtics at 45.9, but uh, Washington across the board, as far as attempts allowed, makes allowed, and three point percentage allowed, are one of the worst, if not the worst, when it comes to those three categories. And you know, now you have a team that likes to chuck up three point shots as well, right? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown can knock it down. You have Porzingis. Um, Drew Holiday can knock him down as yeah, well. For you. Even Hauser and Pritchard off the bench. Yeah, so I think that this is an opportunity for Boston. I think early and often they get out to a lead. I like them in the first half. I like them full game as well. Looking at their team totals in this game here as well, Scott, I think I got to stack it. You know, first quarter, first uh, half, and a full game. Currently seeing full game at 119 and a half. Um, I mean, if the Pacers put up 143 in that first game against this team, uh, I wonder what the Boston Celtics are going to do uh, in this game. And I don't think they are on. I don't think this is a front end of a back-to-back for them. Let me just double-check. Um, let's see here. So they have Wizards tonight. So the next game's not uh, till Wednesday. So not on the front end of a back-to-back. So, yeah, I'm with you on Boston minus 10 here. Um, and I told you a lot like team totals for the Boston Celtics. Uh, you already mentioned a couple of player props there. Drew, uh, sorry, Drew, uh, J- uh, Jordan Poole's turnovers, three and a half plus 130 right now. Yeah, the only concern for me is if he gets benched, but in reality, yeah. Boston should be one of the better defensive teams in the league. We know Poole's going to have the ball in his hands all the time, and he's not exactly a great decision maker, so mm-hmm. I'll go with Poole over. It was a lot more fun when the turnovers were at two and a half, but that lasted about one day, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was the first game of the season. He flew over immediately, so three and a half is probably going to be the number that we get. I was trying to think if if I wanted to actually go for anything Celtics related because you could have a bunch of guys step up and then you're kind of just picking or if they bench some guys in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. I don't mind a Porzingis game if you think that he's going to look sharp. Gafford might not play and the Wizards are a little bit shorthanded already when it comes to lack of proper depth with the front court. So I do think Porzingis might be in line for a good game. Tatum's the alpha on that team, so he might end up having a pretty good offensive performance. Drew's been fine, hasn't really done much offensively. Uh, you're looking at Jalen Brown, who's kind of been the same way. He's been fine, simply put, but Tatum is the main guy. I wouldn't mind some Derek White props, because Derek White was actually really good against Miami. I'd probably mm-hmm. look for Derek White threes. I think Derek White's in line for a good game. Yeah, I was looking at um, Porzingis either points or his three-point shots yeah. made. Um, let me see here. So he's uh, his threes are at two and a half at plus one fifty on the over. I mean, that's a great price for plus yeah, one fifty. I think so too. Uh, Derek White's at one and a half at minus one seventy. I mean, I think there's an opportunity for maybe you parlay do a same game parlay on some of these three point shots because I do I hundred percent do think that the Celtics are going to be able to knock down three point shots in this game uh, against the Wizards. So uh, we'll look at it that way. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the board. We got the Chicago Bulls uh, coming or going to, I should say, the to Indiana to take on the Pacers. Pacers currently sitting as a three-point favorite. Total is at 229.5. Uh, looking at the uh, injury report for both these teams, for the Pacers, pretty clean injury report. For the Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine is probable in this game. Uh, he was dealing with a lower back uh, issue, also with some spasms. Other than that, it's pretty clean here. So Pacers minus three here, Scott. Uh, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, lower back issue, and he scored 51 points last game. Remember <laughs> when he was so questionable uh, for NBA. that game. But, yeah, I'll be on the Pacers. Uh, simply put, the Pacers are the better team for me. The Bulls had a team meeting after losing the first game of the season. They should be 0-3. I don't know how they beat Toronto. That was a ridiculous choke job by the Raptors where the Bulls pulled it out, but they immediately got buried by the Pistons, I believe, in the third mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I don't think Chicago's good. To simply put, and Al yep. Levine, I know he's been battling something, but I don't know if it matters because he had 51 points. No assists attached to that, by the way, but <laughs> I'll be on Indiana. Indiana's undefeated so far. They've been a good team. At home, they are a pretty solid bunch, and home court's pretty solid for them. But you're looking at the overall talent. You're looking at the overall cohesion with this roster. I still don't think that Levine and DeRozan actually work together, and we're on about year four or five. So I'll mm-hmm. go with the Pacers. I trust Halliburton. I trust the supporting cast. They've been solid, and I think that this line's too short. I'm going to take the Pacers minus three. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I like the Pacers here. Pacers have won both of their games thus far uh, this season. Uh, I guess we're going to say in con- convincing fashion, they beat the Wizards in the opening night, like we talked about, 143 to 120, and then they beat the Cavs as well in their last game. I think that was without Donovan Mitchell, if I'm not mistaken, um, but they put up 125 points in that game. Um, did the Pacers and again this offense has been really good and it's led by by Tyrese Halliburton Um, I just don't think I mean you take a look at this Chicago team I just don't think they have enough scoring wise to keep up with the scoring with the Pacers I mean like you mentioned it's Zach Levine it's DeMar DeRozan but after that there's not much help there where at least for the Pacers I mean you have different guys that have contributed uh, in the first two games uh, for this team. I know it's been led by Tyrese Halliburton, but they already have four guys. I don't know, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys who in the first two games are averaging uh, double-digit points per game. So the depth has definitely been there for this Pacers team uh, as far as scoring goes. So, yeah, I'm with you. Pacers minus three for me here as well. Total sitting at 220, what did I say, 229? Yeah, two twenty nine and a half now. Take an under with Indiana at home, but I'm I'm gonna lean to the over. Yeah, I think for me, I'll probably just go back to a Pacers team total as well. I just yeah. think again, offensively, they've been really good. Uh, player props, I think it starts with Hallie. Uh, if you want to ladder his uh, assist up, I mean, it's at ten and a half right now. Uh, but through the first two uh, first two games for Tyrese Halliburton, um, he has recorded. Let's see, thirteen assists against the. Cavs, and then he had 11 on the opening night against the Wizards. And those have come in 32 minutes and 27 minutes, respectively, for Tyrese Halliburton. So um, right now, I do see 10 and a half at plus 105 over on DraftKings. If you want to ladder that up, I think that's a good possibility. But that was the one I was looking at as far as this game. Uh, anything that sticks out to you as far as player props? Uh, well, Halliburton, you mentioned, who I think obviously should have a pretty good game. I'm trying to think, though, if he's going to get the assist, then who's going to actually score? I think Obi Toppin's number is a bit low at eight and a half. I know it's going to be a random uh, shout out to a player that I thought was not particularly good when he was with the Knicks. But I do think eight and a half for Toppin does seem a bit short for a guy who constantly rim runs. And you're looking at his numbers so far this season. He did have, I believe it was 11 in the season opener. Uh, Yeah, he had four in the second game, which isn't exactly that great. But I do think when you're looking at Cleveland's defense with Mobley and company, they are a pretty good paint defense team. But you're looking at the Wizards, and they're not. I don't think Chicago is because Vucevic has never been known for being a great rim protector. So I think eight and a half is a bit short for a guy who's actually playing about 20 minutes a game. Uh, We know Obi's not afraid to shoot. 
Uh, he had nine field goal attempts in the first game. I just think eight and a half is a bit short. It is a bit of an obscure angle there. I, I yeah. wouldn't mind also looking at healed threes. Uh, we know healed is not afraid to shoot it, and he's been good at shooting it so far this season. Let me just quickly see if I could find the price on his threes. I don't see it, uh, so hopefully we get it at some point, but I am tempted by that. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I'm really tempted by. Um, not really, to be honest. Uh, I don't really have much else. You? Okay. No, I think that was, I think Halley is probably the only one. I think it's an auto bet. Uh, point guards that the Bulls have faced this season, their first three games, Dennis Schroeder had 10 assists, and then Cade Cunningham also had 10 as well. So, uh, both starting point guards that they face have had 10 assists. Killian Hayes also chipped in with four assists, if, if that's worth noting as well. But um, yeah, something to definitely keep in mind um, for Halley. I think it's a great ladder opportunity in this game for uh, Tyrese Halliburton. All right, Scott, before we get over to the next game on the board here, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football or NBA teams. All season long, Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus of up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win $10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. Stay tuned. At the end of the episode, we'll put together a underdog entry for the Monday games uh, for Underdog Fantasy. Also, MMA Gambling Podcast Contest. The MMA, the MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their own YouTube channel. In honor, we're giving away a MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie to one lucky winner. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie. Submit your entry today and make sure to subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the board here. We are going to go over to let's go over to Charlotte, where your Brooklyn Nets are visiting the Charlotte Hornets. Nets currently sitting as a one point favorite in this game on the road with a total of 228. Uh, Looking at the injury report for this game, Nick Claxton has been ruled out uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Uh, Cam Johnson is also out them as well uh, for the charlotte hornets um pretty clean i mean just so, uh some role players here i mean we know james book is coming uh trying to make a recovery from left left knee surgery um cody barton is out as well and frank nilakina is also out as well uh brooklyn currently sitting as a one point favorite scott do you think they're warranted to be a one point favorite here I think they actually are. I find it fascinating that the line, I believe, opened up with Charlotte being minus one. Then Cam Johnson and Claxton got ruled out, and now they're favored. So that's pretty telling to me. I'm going to take the Nets. I've seen the Hornets play this season. I don't think they're very good. I saw them beat the Hawks in the first game of the season because the Hawks couldn't shoot, which was kind mm-hmm. of the story. Charlotte didn't exactly wow me. Then they ended up losing pretty comfortably to Detroit at home in the second game. That was not close. Now, the argument for the Nets or against the Nets this team should struggle rebounding against Mark Williams and Nick Richards and not having Claxton in the lineup, which is a bit of a yeah. problem. But once again, the Nets have two losses this season, two games they probably should have won. They played the Cavs, and they choked away a six-point lead with about two minutes to go. Then they played the Mavericks, and Luka 
I can't even describe what the hell Luca did in that fourth quarter. He had 49 <laughs> points. He had eight threes. Yeah. It was one of the greatest shooting performances I've seen. You probably saw the one-hand bank shot he hit in a tie game in the final minute where that was from like 37. It was disgusting. But the point is, I didn't think the Nets played badly in that game. Luca just did Luca things, and that's going to happen. But the Nets are 0-2. But they're a I think they're a fine 0 and 2 team. Like I don't think they're going to they're not going to finish above 500, but I do think that this team is feisty and they should be better by season's end than Charlotte. I'm going to take the Nets here. I think that it's pretty telling with no Cam Johnson. The line actually went up for the Nets. I'll take the Nets here. I think that they're the better team. Yeah, I can't get behind the Charlotte team uh, either. I know we agreed so far on all three picks here, but I, I think what really sticks out to me is that Charlotte, like you mentioned, it, you nailed it, that the Charlotte's first victory of the season came against Atlanta, who were not able to knock down a, a three-point shot, or they shot very, very poorly from the three-point line, did the Atlanta Hawks team. And no, I think last night it was, or yesterday, I should say, afternoon was a great case of when they are knocking down their shots against Milwaukee, was so we saw what they were able to do. Um, now you're coming into this game. I know the Nets are missing about two starters here, at least with Nick Claxton and Cam Johnson. But um, I think this is an opportunity that if they're able to rebound the basketball well in this game and really limit the second chance points for the Charlotte Hornets and do their best job of keeping Mark Williams off the boards, at least on the offensive board, uh, glass, and also guys like P.J. Washington as well, and really limit their chances, I think that they have an opportunity to you know, clamp down on defense because when we talk about defensively, we talked about at the beginning of the season that they have guys that can play defense. Ben Simmons, you talk about you know Dorian Finney-Smith, you talk about uh, Mikael Bridges as well. So I think that, again, defensively, they should be able to put some clamps or put the clamps down on the Charlotte Hornets. So I'll lean with the here of the Nets here as well. Um, you have any thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean to the under in this one. Uh, I just think 228 is too high. The Nets offensively have been okay, but I still don't trust them to execute late in close games. And the Hornets I've seen, they don't do anything special for me. Uh, trying to think of what exactly the main threats are for the Hornets. Of course, you have Lamelo, who has not been shooting that well so far this season. Rozier has been okay, but I mean, from the outside, not really. Uh, PJ Washington's been fine, but I, I just don't think this team is very good offensively. So I'm going to lean to the under. This number just feels too high to me, especially with the Nets missing two starters. So I'll go with the under. Yeah, I think um, I know Kaysen mentioned LaMelo Ball triple-double. Um, I know Steve Clifford said that he's going to be limited to thir around 30 minutes to start the season. Um, I'm trying to find an update on that. I think that will probably come out later in the day. But if you take a look at the first two games, um, he's played 33 minutes and 31 minutes. So right around that, around well, obviously an average of 32 minutes per game. But um I don't hate, I mean, at plus 850 for LaMelo Ball to get a triple-double, he almost did the last game against the Pistons where he did have 20 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists. Uh, so maybe look at, um, you know, his rebounds and assists to go over in this game. Um, I didn't really have any thoughts on the total. I think there's the player prop market more intrigued me in this game. The first two games for the Nets, I've been on Ben Simmons rebounds and assists to go over. Those have cash. Now the market has finally adjusted. Uh, to it, where now it's up to, I believe, 16 and a half for uh, Ben Simmons assist and rebounds combined. Um, I still think I'm going to like the over on that just because, again, Nick Claxton is out, your main rebounder. Uh, and again, against the Dallas Mavericks, Ben Simmons uh, nearly had another double double just off of assist and rebounds um, for, uh, 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 for himself, I should say. So he had 10 rebounds. 
in game uh, one and two against the Cavs and the Mavericks, and then nine assists and eight assists uh, in the first two games for Ben Simmons. So 16 and a half, and then his rebounds, if you want to play that alone, just because he's been in double digits the first two games, uh, that number is sitting at eight and a half, but it's juiced at minus 140. So maybe if you find a nine and a half, but I think, yeah, for me, rebounds and assists uh, for Ben Simmons for sure. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that, uh, Scott, and then I also wanted to get into Cam Thomas here, obviously, as well. But uh, player props you're looking at? Yeah, so you mentioned the Simmons rebounds. I'm definitely going to back that, too. I am also looking at Simmons blocks if you want a defensive prop because it's at a half, and it's like minus 110 to the over. He's gone over in each of the first two games. Now, Claxton's not there. They need some form of rim protection. And even though Simmons is technically a guard, he is still like 6'10". So mm-hmm. he's going to give you some rim protection there. I don't mind him for the block at minus 110. Besides that, I did see ZSA in the chat mentioning P.J. Washington over one nap assist. He said it in nine of the last ten. He does have the ball a decent amount. And the Nets defensively constantly scramble uh, because they do a lot of switching on pick and roll. So I can see a world where Washington ends up getting the ball. Then maybe the defense collapses and you get an open guy in a broken rotation where you see Washington kick it out. So... I don't mind P.J. Washington assist there uh, at one and a half. He's going to play a bunch of minutes, so I definitely can understand the angle there. I don't hate that one. I don't think that that number is as high as it should be. So I will lean to P.J. Washington over one and a half assists as well. All right. Uh, before we get over to the next game on the board here, uh, let me tell everyone about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL and NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Head over to uh, download the app um, for Hall of Fame Bets, and you can research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer build with circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets, revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And for the NBA fans, the wait is officially over. Basketball is back in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing just $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at an even bigger basketball win. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your own parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun. And when you're in on the action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. For in Connecticut, Help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 years or older, age varies by jurisdiction. 
Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com draft see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the schedule here. We'll go over to, let's go to the north. Uh, we'll go to the Raptors, the Blazers visiting the Toronto Raptors. Raptors currently sitting as an eight and a half point, point favorite in this game. Total at 217. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, for the Raptors, OG Ananobi is questionable. He is dealing with some uh, leg issues. Like it's as officially classified as muscle cramps. Precious Achua is also doubtful here today for the uh, Toronto Raptors. Um, he has a left groin strain. Uh, Portland b- played yesterday, um, and they have some extra time to submit their uh, injury report. They, did, so they right didn't now, play just, well, but they played allegedly. Yeah, they, yeah, they made an effort. Um, did they? They lost by 28 um, points. Did they, did they um, actually I mean, leave an effort? I think we're all down on Portland after the Damian Lillard trail. We knew that they were going to be uh, terrible. But, yeah, no uh, injury report submitted for them yet. Uh, currently, the Raptors are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite here. Scott, are we laying it with the Raptors? So the Raptors are on the other side of that massive comeback by the Bulls over the weekend. But Toronto's one and two. Uh, they lost to Philly by seven. I guess no shame in that on a back-to-back. Uh, ended up losing to the Bulls, of course, in that game they should have won. They won their lone home game. Their uh, only win actually came in the first game against the Timberwolves by three. Portland's bad. I mean, this team is awful. <laughs> uh, they're probably the worst team in the league at this yeah. point. I mean, they're not yeah. even close most of the time. So the question is, do I want to lay eight and a half? Not really. I know it's a back-to-back and there's travel involved, uh, especially going to Canada from Philly, but... I don't know. Maybe I just think eight and a half is too high. I'm not going to bet this at all. There's no chance I bet this, but I think on principle, I got to take the points. I just think eight and a half is too many. Like, I think Toronto missing Ananobi, and I'm not a big Achua guy, but still, it gives them front court depth. I just don't think Toronto's worthy of being eight and a half favorites. And you make an argument that Siakam and Barnes and company can still play well. I'm not going to disagree yeah. with you there, yeah. but I just think that this line feels a little bit steep. And I do think if I told you that you're going to have to lay eight and a half with Toronto at some point in the season, you probably wouldn't assume it would be the fourth game of the season. I'm going to lean to the Blazers. I think they'll hang in there. If they don't, once again, I'm not going to have any actual money on it, but I can't lay eight and a half with Toronto. So I'll go with, I'll go with Portland, I guess, out of default. Yeah, I, this, I mean, when I was looking at the card, this was the first game I crossed off of my list that I'm not putting any money on. So uh, I don't have a lot for this game. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, eight and a half with the again. I understand that the Blazers are terrible, like Scott mentioned, but Raptors sitting there at eight and a half. I mean, I think that if there's uh for the Blazers, if they have a spine, I guess we can say that they'll come out and put out a better effort after what we saw against the Sixers yesterday. Well, um, I'm trying so- to think of the roster right now because Simon's messed up his thumb, so he's out for about a month and a half. Scoot's been terrible. I still have faith in him for his career, but he's been really bad yeah. so far. Uh, we have be- we've seen no dominating at any point. Uh, domi- dominating. We haven't seen it yet because he's been terrible. Yeah. Uh, so that has not worked out either. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy Grant's cool, I guess. Like I, Once again, there's not much to like about this team at this point in the season, but I just think eight and a half is too high for a team that what we saw early on, they have a hard time closing out games. 
So I'll lean to the Blazers and hope for the best, I guess. I think if you want to really want to play in this game, I would probably just look at Malcolm Brogdon over on his points prop. He, he's, he's the only really consistent, I guess, player we can say for this Blazers team. Um, they got to give Rob play- Williams more minutes, though. If Aiden's going to give you nothing, at least you need a defensive stopper in the middle. Yeah, and I think for Malcolm Brogdon, he's averaging 26.3 minutes per game. Um, he's getting up the shot attempts coming off of that bench. He's averaging 15.7 or let's say 16 shot attempts per game. He scored 18, 18 and 20 in the first three games. So uh, if you want to back up Blazers side, I think that you'll probably look at Malcolm Brogdon to go over on his points prop here. Um, that was one I was looking at. I know um, Jeremy Grant is coming off a very bad shooting night last night uh, against the Sixers where he was just five of 16. But do you have any other player props uh, that you do like in this game? I think I have to be tempted by Aiton rebounding. I know he's been terrible yeah. this season, but Toronto's had issues in the middle, and you just mentioned that Achua is not going to play. You still have Pirtle, who's they traded for for some reason. I still don't know why. But I think Aiton, once again, should get the workload, at least the minutes. The issues offensively, he hasn't done anything. But rebounding-wise, I think he can get some quality production in against this team. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really like. Uh, I don't mind Siakam. Portland okay. really doesn't have anyone that can guard him. You can argue maybe Jeremy Grant, but I don't know if Grant's actually going to guard him, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think uh, people are going to be on Schroeder. I'm not sure if I'm interested because they do have Tybal on the roster, so we'll see if Tybal ends up guarding him or not. But I do think, look at this overall matchup. I like the under in the game, so I see a pretty ugly basketball game being played. So mm-hmm. I think if I had to go for props, I mean, Siakam points is at 21 and a half which just sounds a bit low to me. I know he has not been great this season, but still, I just think Portland's a bad defensive team, and I think that Siakam's going to have his chances. But eight rebounds, I just want to look at quickly. Nine and a half, Uh, I wrote it. Yeah, that's one I wrote down. What did you say the number was? Nine and a half. I think I have to lean over there. Once again, it's not going to be a fun type of wager because you got to watch Aiton actually try to hustle for boards. But it's minus 105. Toronto's not exactly a big team by any means. If you want to fade that play, you can take Pirtle at rebounds, but mm-hmm. they're not much size, Toronto. They kind of decided to go for a more, uh, just I'd say, a smaller, more athletic approach, and that's kind of what they're going for. But Aiton should do well on the boards because he has the matchup for it. So I'll lean to Aiton over nine and a half rebounds. I wanted to like do like a 10 rebounds each for... Aiton and Jakob Pertle in this game, but I don't, I don't know if I don't know if I trust number one Jakob Pertle to get the minutes um, and get the boards as well. So I think I'll stay from that. I think the one thing that one that does intrigue me in this game here, Scott, is probably Scotty Barnes rebounds and assists combined. He's been um, good. Yeah, he's been doing really well rebounding. Um, the numbers at twelve and a half. It's it's right there um, as far as what he's done thus far because he's gone over. Uh, 12 and a half in all three games, but two of the games he's at 13 each. So not really a, a really a margin there. Um, but I agree about the eight rebounds. I think that's one that I may ladder up we take a look at centers uh, thus far this season against the Raptors. Um, let me do that to this season. Uh, so Nikola Vucevic against the Raptors. Uh, I know that went to overtime, but he had 12 rebounds. Reed Gobert had 13 and then Carl Anthony Towns had 10 himself. Nas Reed chipped in with four coming off of the bench as well. So I think, yeah, the, Probably a, a good look here will be the DeAndre Ayton uh, rebounds. 
All right, next game on the board here, Scott. Let's go over to Atlanta. We got the Minnesota Timberwolves visiting the Atlanta Hawks. Currently, the Wolves are a two and a half point favorite in Atlanta with a total of 230 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, I am seeing where is Minnesota? Um, Jalen McD- uh, sorry, Jaden McDaniels is questionable for this game. He has left calf strain. For the Atlanta Hawks, they did play yesterday against Milwaukee, got the victory. Their, I think it was their first victory of the season there uh, in convincing fashion for the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, they have some extra extra time to submit their injury report. But right now, as it stands, minus two and a half on the road here for the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Atlanta Hawks. What are you thinking? I, I understand the argument of it being a good spot for Minnesota because they beat the, the Heat last time out. They had a day off. The Hawks played against Milwaukee in Milwaukee yesterday. Atlanta kind of cruised in that game, so a lot of the starters didn't play many minutes. Trey played 32. That was the ceiling of the team for minutes. I think I'm just going to lean to Atlanta. I don't think the Hawks are as good as I was hoping they were going to be, but do I trust Minnesota on the road? Not really. I I think Minnesota ended up beating up on a Miami team that was missing Jimmy Butler on a back-to-back. They buried Miami because of it, and I didn't learn anything from that game because I think everyone thought once we saw the heat on the schedule on a back-to-back, and Butler was immediately ruled out, I think we all knew Miami was probably getting buried in that game, and they did. So I didn't learn anything from that matchup. I'm going to lean to Atlanta. I think getting two and a half here in the spot is definitely a good spot for a team that's historically good at home. Minnesota's played one road game, ended up losing to the Raptors in the opener. But I'm going to lean to the Hawks here. Once again, if they were in a competitive game where they had to play a bunch of minutes for a lot of starters yesterday, mm-hmm. then I'd be scared. But they really didn't. They kind of just buried the Bucks and they coasted. So I'm going to lean to the Hawks. I think getting plus money for a team at home in the NBA is always a good deal when these teams aren't separated by much. I really don't think these teams are separated by much. I'll take the Hawks at home. Uh, you take a look at the box score. Atlanta yesterday, uh, the most minutes played was Trey Young at 32 minutes. That's not Deshaun- bad. Yeah, and DeJounte at 30 minutes. And then if you want to go down to Sadiq Bay uh, coming off of the bench, uh, he had 31 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, not a, that's not a lot in, in today's NBA, right? I mean, uh, when your two main guys are only playing about 30 to 32 minutes, I think that, again, traveling back home, um, I, I think this is a good opportunity for the Atlanta Hawks. Again, I was really high on this Hawks team coming into the season. Uh, my favorite win total was, was them to go over 42 and a half. Um, not the greatest start after them starting 0-2, but I think, you know, we saw the potential of what this team can do, especially against Milwaukee. Maybe it was a look-ahead spot for Milwaukee because they do face Miami here tonight. We'll get to that game uh, a little bit later, but um, they shot the ball well. They shot 40.5% from three-point land, uh, 81% from free-throw line, and there were 50% from the floor or the uh, Atlanta Hawks. So for Minnesota, um, I honestly haven't been able to watch a lot of their games thus far this season, and I really haven't been able to uh, look at their box scores either. But, I mean, they are one and one on the season. They beat um, the Miami Heat. They they got handed a free win against the Heat, if we're being honest. Yeah, and then then they lost to Toronto in in a low-scoring game there. So um, that one, I think, kind of stuck out to me like a sore thumb because I feel like a lot of people were on the Minnesota Timberwolves in that game. And it still feels like that maybe there there's still some growing pains with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert uh, playing together. So um, I'll like I'll look at the Hawks in this game here as well. You have anything on the total uh, in this game here, Scott? 
Yeah, I think the total's too high. I'm going to lean to the under. Uh, I know the Hawks, once again, didn't play many starters for the fourth quarter, but the argument that that game yesterday landed 237 and Atlanta played basically a perfect game, this yep. number's too high, just simply put. And I know Gobert, people give a hard time with defensively after all the playoff situations, but he's still a good rim protector. So mm-hmm. I do think, once again, he should be able to affect some shots in the paint. You can argue Capella might be on the verge of being washed as a separate conversation, but he can rim protect too. I'm going to lean to the under. I think this number's too high. I think Minnesota offensively has not really shown me the elite upside yet, if they even have elite upside. I'm going to lean to the under, and this total's too high. Um, I was going to mention that, at least through the first two games. Again, take all this with a grain of salt because we only have uh, two um, games of sample, two game size. sample size, right? Uh, Minnesota right now, number two as far as defensive rating uh, thus far this season. But again, you can talk about the quality of opponents that they have played as well. They haven't played an offense you know, like the Atlanta Hawks uh, in this game. Anthony Edwards making a return back home where he was born in Atlanta, went to school at Georgia as well. Uh, player props in this game. What are you looking at here, Scott? Well, you mentioned Edwards, so I feel like that's a good place to start. I think he's a, I think he has a good matchup here, simply put. He's been a bit passive throughout his entire career, to be honest. He occasionally has some outburst games, but I really wish he was just more aggressive with the basketball because we know how good he is and people keep waiting for him to take the leap but it feels like he's constantly trying to get his teammates involved on the flow of the offense. It's okay if you want to shoot 20 times. Like, you're Anthony Edwards. You can you can shoot yeah. 20 times. It's okay. But yeah. I am going to lean to Edwards to have a good game. I don't mind the threes in the spot. I think Edwards, though, should have a pretty solid matchup. So I'll go with him. It burned me a lot last year. I'm not sure if I've ever actually won this prop. Go Bear rebounds, I got to mention. Oh, I, oh. I know that it's a slippery slope and you're going to be miserable if he doesn't hit it, but I got to at least discuss it. I think that there's some options there if you want to go for that approach. So maybe Go Bear rebounds, but if it loses, don't hurt me. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anybody else I'm really tempted by for Atlanta. I mean, DeJounte hasn't really done much. I really like Sadiq Bay, and I'm, yeah. I think Jalen Johnson's actually pretty good if you want to go mm-hmm. for some bench options, but. They're bench players. You probably can't actually find lines on them. I think Akunku is in a decent spot if you think that you might see Capella in foul trouble. But for props, I don't really see much. DeAndre Hunter plays a lot of minutes. I'm not sure he's a great shooter, so I can't take him. Uh, Bogdanovich is a solid shooter, but he comes off the bench as well. So I don't know if you're going to have props on him. Trey, do I want anything with him? Not really. So I think I'm just looking at, at Ant. And maybe go bear rebounds, but I think that's basically it. Um, Jalen, I'm not sure if Jalen Johnson has been inserted into the starting lineup. He should get more playing time because Johnson's actually been really good this year. Yeah, because he did start against the um, uh, who did they put uh, Milwaukee? I'm sorry, yesterday uh, did uh, Anthony? Uh, sorry, did Jalen Johnson and. He's been filling it up, man. He's been getting rebounds for them as well. I was, try- I was trying to find his rebounding prop here for Jalen Johnson. That's at six and a half. Um, he's gone over this in all three games. But again, for two of the games, he's had seven rebounds uh, each. Um, was trying to get uh, a f- maybe take advantage of this blocks and steals combined. But that's at one and a half at minus 175. He's had at least two in every single game. And then he's had at least three blocks and steals combined in. Two out of three games uh, for the um, uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. So um, yeah, not much value there. Anything else for this game, or Scott? 
Well, you mentioned Jalen Johnson. If you want to kind of try to thread the needle, you can get him to make a three-pointer at minus 140. He should get more playing time if he's going to stay in the starting lineup. So mm-hmm. that is definitely appealing. He's, it's kind of ironic because he had his first start last game and he played the fewest minutes of any game this season because they were up by so much in the fourth quarter. But he has made at least one three in two of the first three games. He's made at least one three in four of his last five dating back to last year. He's going to get extra run. He'll probably make three attempts from three. So keep an eye out for that. But him to make a three-pointer is minus 140. I don't mind that one. Uh, for whatever reason, Trey Young loves playing against uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ten career games, he's averaging 32.6 points per game. Right now, I see his points prop at 24 and a half. He's going to um, shoot it. Yeah, he's gone over this in every single game, except for two games uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That was back in his first career game where he only had 16 points. And then there was one game back in 2021 where he only had 20 points. Uh, but again, um, I think, and that was a game where he only put up eight attempts where he had those 20 points. But other than that, I mean, he's going to chuck it up for sure. So if you want to take a look at Trey Young's points, 24 and a half in this game. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the board here. We'll go over to uh, the Detroit Pistons. They are in uh, Oklahoma to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Currently, the Thunder are a six-point favorite. Total sitting at 225 in this game. Injury report for both of these teams. For the Detroit Pistons, Bogdanovich continues to be out. Uh, Isaiah Livers, Monte Morris continue to be out as well. James Wiseman is um, probable for this game. For OKC, no injury report submitted just yet because I believe they did play yesterday as well against Denver where they got absolutely walloped in that game, 128-95. Uh, did OKC, but they were at home. They are in a back-to-back situation here, so no travel really involved for the OKC Thunder. And just taking a look at how many minutes their starters really played, nobody played more than 28 minutes, which was SGA and uh, Jalen Williams. So, I mean, that game was pretty much over at the end of three quarters, so there was no point of their starters being out there. But right now, they are a six-point favorite uh, hosting the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Scott, what are you thinking? Yeah, so the Thunder played yesterday, but I actually like the spot because they got buried yesterday. Yeah. The Thunder are a good team. Like, I'm not going to overreact to Jokic and the defending champions, who at this point in the season, I think are easily the best team in the league. Mm. Just watching Denver play, even Peyton Watson's turned into a really good player. They got rid of Jeff Green, who's like 90 years old. No offense, he's on your team. And they ended (laughs) up getting uh, Peyton uh, Peyton Watson, who's playing a lot of minutes, and he's really good. And Jokic is my pick to win MVP. Jamal Murray's been good. Porter Jr.'s been fine. I think Denver's easily the best team in the league. And Jokic made some comments post-game about how Chet has to get fatter. Those are his exact words. I think we all feel the same way because he's a stick figure out there. So I'm not shocked that they had no answer for Jokic because he looks like if Chet Holmgren ate Chet Holmgren. So I don't exactly (laughs) think that anybody could have matched up against him in that spot. OKC is still a very good team. So I think it's a good spot for them to get embarrassed and to bounce back nicely. Now, Detroit's been good. Shout out to Duran. We're going to mention him during the player prop section, but he's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's really, yeah. really good. Uh, Cade's been good as well. The question is, besides those two, do you really like the, the rest of the roster? Because Boyan's out. Ivy hasn't really done anything of note this season. You're going down the line, and it feels like it's Cade's team and Duran's team, and that's really it. And I just think that OKC has better scoring depth. now. Shea, you said, played the most minutes. 
on the team yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was two of 16 from the floor. Yeah. So he better suit up for this game because he embarrassed himself out there. I think Shays and Wine for a good bounce back game. I think OKC at Holmes and Wine for a good game here. I'll take the Thunder. I don't mind the Thunder first half. I think they'll I think I like the first half more. They should show a sense of urgency after once again getting curb stomped by Denver. I think it's a nice wake up call for them. They won two games, had the nice comeback win against the Cavs. They had Chet get seven blocks in that game. And then he got destroyed by Jokic, which just makes all the sense in the world. I'm going to go with the Thunder first half here. I think they come out with a purpose after getting embarrassed. I'll go with the Thunder first half. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Thunder first quarter. Um, just coming out of the gate after what happened last night. I think that obviously Shea should shoot better here tonight or has to shoot better um, than he did last night. Um, Pistons, I know they are 2-1 and one on the season. We take a look at who they've played. Uh, they beat the Bulls. Um I mean, congratulations on that. They beat the Hornets. They did give up 51 to Levine, though. So if Shea shows up, he might drop 40. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, 100%. And then they dropped their opening night game against the Miami Heat by a point. So they've been playing some pretty good base, uh, baseball, pretty good basketball uh, thus far this uh, this season. So um, I'm not sure if I want to let – I like your angle of the Thunder early. Uh, in this game, I think that'll be the way I'll attack it. At full game, I'll lean with the Pistons, but um, I think that first quarter, first half angle is a really good angle for the Thunder. And again, we'll talk about player props here in a second, but any thoughts on the total here at 225? I think I'm going to lean to the under in this one based on the yeah. back-to-back and the fact that I don't think the Pistons are a great offensive team. Mm-hmm. Cade's been really good, so I'll give him yeah. props. He's healthy. We Once again, it's not a shock he's good because he was the number one pick in the draft, and mm-hmm. he was being heralded as a franchise savior and people forgot how good he was because he got injured and he played like four games last year. So yeah. Detroit, I think that just it's just the lack of overall pace. Monty's been kind of relying a lot on a half-court offense, and I thought that was solely because of the fact that Chris Paul was there last year in Phoenix. So I just thought they wanted to play slower, and they kind of ramped it up as the season went on. Detroit is actively playing in the half-court, and OKC is a team that can run, but they don't run that as much as you might think they do. So I actually like the under in the spot. I think that OKC defensively is going to bring it. Duran's been a good rim protector. Chet's been a good rim protector. I see a pretty low-scoring game. I think the Thunder can get to maybe 115. Do mm-hmm. I see the Pistons getting to 110? No. So I'll lean to the under. This number just feels a bit high to me. Yeah, these both of these teams haven't been really playing at a high pace either right now. Uh, OKC tied at number 18 uh, for as far as uh, fastest pace. And then the Detroit Pistons are the, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth uh, slowest team uh, thus far this season. And you can um, notice it because Kate is a yeah. guy that I don't know if it's your style of play or his preference, but it seems like he just prefers the half court and to make reads in that area. So I don't see many fast break points. Simply put. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, player props in this game? Duran rebounds. Yeah. I'm not going to overthink this. He's a phenomenal player. And I liked him a lot in Memphis. Shout out to Penny for actually getting him at Memphis. But guy's good. Simply put. He's 19 years old and he's an absolute monster. So I got to go with Duran. He might walk into 13, 14 rebounds at this point. If you want to look for a future bet, I'm not saying it's going to win, but Durant will lead the league in rebounding. I don't hate it at this point. I mean, I know we're about three games in. (laughs) He's a monster for 19. Like, he's really good. I'll look for him. Uh, I am also going to look for Chet Blocks. I think that even though Chet, once again, got put in the blender against Jokic, 
a lot of players, pretty much the entire league, has gotten put in the blender by Jokic at this point. So yeah. I think Chet bounces back. He still had seven blocks against Cleveland. I think he's in line for a good block performance here against the Pistons. I'll take Chet over four blocks. Uh, I was looking for Duran's. You said you were talking about blocks, right? I was talking about blocks for Chet. I was talking about rebounds for Duran. I mean, you can make yeah, an yeah, argument for Duran blocks too. If it's at one and a half, I'll be tempted it by is. it. But the rebounds are are they at eleven and a half yet? Are we at that? It's point? twelve and a half minus one fifty. It's twelve and a half already. Fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. Duran's an absolute monster. I, I I can't take an under with his rebounds. No. So, yeah, I guess I'm going with the over. If you want to pivot, Isaiah Stewart, I guess, because he's been a good rebounder, too. But yeah, Duran's 19. Yeah, I was going to mention what that. What an absolute uh, monster. Yeah, if you want to pivot to uh, Stewart at 8.5 at even money. Uh, looking at the blocks market, Chet is at 1.5 uh, at minus 120, and then Duran's 1.5 at plus 105. So Jalen Duran has recorded at least two blocks in all three games thus far this season. Uh, and then Chet, uh, let's see. You're here. telling me the guy with seven blocks over the weekend is at one and a half blocks at minus 120? Yeah. yeah. Sure. I'll t- I think yeah. just because he hasn't probably recorded any blocks in the other two games, maybe that's why. Yeah, but why I'm just saying work. you have seven in one game, and Detroit's a team that I don't think is a great outside shooting team. I see them tr- yeah. trying to get into the lane a lot. We know Kay's not afraid of trying to get to the foul line, and I think Chet's going to punt one or two of them. So, yeah, I think Chet blocks a good deal. Yeah. Um, I think Jalen Dern at plus 105 as well over on his yep. blocks, one and a half. I like that as well. All right. Uh, next game on the board here. Let's go over to Memphis to take uh, so Memphis, who are hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks are currently a two and a half point road favorite here. Total is sitting at 228. Uh, looking at the injury report uh, for both of these teams uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, where are they? There we are. Uh, no significant injuries. And then for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, we know about Steven Adams. Uh, Santi Aldama is going to be out for this game. Brandon Clark is out for this game as well. Uh, Luke Kennard is in concussion protocol. We know about John Moran serving the uh, suspension. So um, a lot of depth, I guess we can say, missing here for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, two and a half here currently for the Dallas Mavericks on the road here. Scott, what are you thinking? So Dallas has been surprisingly decent so far this season, but Luka has basically bailed them out of both games, which you can argue is by design because the entire offense is forced to go through Luka, and Kyrie's been deferring a bit more. So mm-hmm. uh, the Grizzlies just aren't a good basketball team. Like it's, it's an interesting spot because I don't think Dallas is great either, but Luka's superhuman, so he can find ways to just make big shots late in games. We need to start having a conversation on Memphis to miss the playoffs. And I know that it's three games in, and that sounds like an overreaction, but with Ja missing another 20-something games yeah. and with Adams being out for the year, is Memphis going to be like – like, I don't even – I'm trying to think of a record here. Nine and 16 before Ja comes back? Like, they're going to be bad. I think the problem for the, the Memphis Grizzlies right now is that it's Desmond Bain, and then, like, you're throwing dices to figure out who's going to be that next scorer for this team. And Marcus Smart stats-wise has been okay, but defensively he's not nearly the same player that he used to be, which is why I thought it was an atrocious trade by the Grizzlies. But I got to at least mention it because I don't think Memphis is very good. So I feel like if you want to look for a long-shot flyer, Memphis missed the playoffs. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. You could probably hedge a midseason for some automatic profit if you want to go the arbitrage route. 
I think having said that, do I want to lay two and a half with Dallas on the road? Not really, to be honest. I think I'm going to lean to Memphis. Do I like it? Not at all. I'm not betting this game. It's pretty obvious I'm not going to bet this game. I'll lean to Memphis. At some point, you need to win a game. And I think that at home in the spot, Dallas, I still don't think is good. Once again, I don't think they're a good team. So mm-hmm. they did lose to Denver, but they gave Denver its toughest test. And I think they forced Jokic into nine turnovers. So I actually think that defensively they can do some things. I'm not a fan of the guard play, but I will lean to Memphis in the spot. I'm not going to bet it, though. So I'm telling you right now, even though I am leaning to Memphis, it's solely because it's plus money. No chance I put any bankroll on this game. I think you look at Memphis early in this game because Spurs got out. They put up 43 in that first game against uh, the Mavericks. Um, and they were up by, let's say, four points at the half for the Spurs. And I think uh, and the Nets were competitive in that game as well. We talked about it. Um, they were up by two points at the half. So I think Memphis first half might be worth a look here. Um, because, again, for Dallas, in both of their first two games, they've had to come from behind and, and get the victory uh, against their respective opponents in the first two games. And, again, for a Memphis team that's – I mean, that should be pissed off that they're 0-3 right now. This is an opportunity for them to come out early, especially at home where they've been really good over the past several seasons where they're 0-2 right now. I think it provides a good opportunity for Memphis, at least in the first quarter, first half, uh, to come out and play well. Total sitting at 228 in this game here. Scott, any thoughts on that? Dallas doesn't guard anybody, but Memphis can't score. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't have much for this one. I guess I'm leaning over. If I'm picking Memphis to win, it's because Dallas's defense is not any good. So yep. I think I'll lean over, and I'm going to go from there. But once again, I don't want to say this is a meeting game, but I'm on the mood to attend a meeting, so I'm not going to go bet this game. So I'll look elsewhere. Yeah, nothing for me on the total in this game. Any player props you're looking at? Uh, are we going back? Jaron Jackson's at home. If you want, if you want to take that approach, I don't mind Jaron Jackson blocks. If I am picking Memphis to win, I got to pick somebody to do something offensively. I think I got to go with Bain. I think I got to go with Bain points or threes. They don't have many shooters on the team. (laughs) Uh, We saw Devin Vassell at moments uh, with uh, his actual performance against the Mavericks. We've seen them struggle against the guard position. I probably would look to Bain to have a decent offensive game, but once again, I'm trying to pick a game script where the Grizzlies win, and that involves Bain and probably Jaron Jackson to play well. Jackson's been good at blocking shots, but he's in foul trouble every game. Yep. And switching on to Luka might not help, but we'll see what happens. I think I got to go with Jaron points, too, because if I'm picking them to win, they don't have any scoring options. So yep. that's how I'm looking at it. But once again, I'm not betting this game. Jaron Jackson right now is blocks right uh, one and a half at minus one fifty, and it's funny because you mentioned the home, uh, I guess edge we can say that he brings or he gets when he blocking shots. So the first two home games, Pelicans five blocks against the Denver Nuggets three blocks, and then he had one block against the Washington Wizards. So it's one and a half. I, I got to take yeah. the over. At that. So if you want to parlay that with maybe Chet, you know blocks and put. I don't know what Jaron three there. block. Is, but it's probably a decent plus price. I, I, I take uh, that too. Let me see if I can find an alt blocks. Yeah, there's alt blocks here. Um, let's see if I can quickly find if it. If it's over 140, I'll take it. Yeah, plus 205. Hell yeah. Two to one for three blocks when they're padding his block numbers at home. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. Let's go over to eh, maybe for some the game of the night. 
The Miami Heat, they are visiting the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks currently sitting as a five and a half point favorite. Totals at 224 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these games, or sorry, for both of these teams, um, for the Miami Heat, where are you? There you are. Um, Hawkes is available to play. He's dealing with a left groin strain. Kevin Love is probable. Caleb Martin is doubtful. Josh Richardson is doubtful. And also Duncan Robinson is available. So Love, uh, Hyman Hawkes, and Duncan Robinson are either probable or available. And the two guys that are doubtful, Caleb Martin and Josh Richardson. Uh, no injury report yet for the Milwaukee because they did play yesterday, like we mentioned earlier, against the Atlanta Hawks. But this is a game that the Milwaukee Hawk, Milwaukee Hawks, Milwaukee Bucks are looking to avenge a um, playoff exit at the hands of the Miami Heat, currently sitting as a five and a half point favorite in this game here, Scott. I don't know if there's a lot of narrative of Dame maybe feeling sour about not ending up in Miami or whatever the case might have been because that I don't was feel only... bad for him. I don't care how he uh, comes in his mind. I, mean, I don't you feel get bad be, for him. Yeah, part up. Uh, you get paired up with Giannis, but uh, five and a half right now for the Milwaukee Bucks against the Miami Heat, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, I didn't realize we were at the hour mark and we still got three games after this, so I'll be quick. <laughs> I'm going to take Milwaukee minus five and a half. Yeah, Miami's not a good regular season team and they're going to coast, and Jimmy Butler, we saw against the Celtics, didn't do much. I He didn't play against Mem- against Minnesota, so once again, he's going to do Butler things and pace himself to the playoffs come around. I'll take Milwaukee. They got buried against Atlanta, and they come back, and I think they show out mostly Lillard, who was awful yesterday. Yeah. Give yeah. Milwaukee minus 5.5. Yeah, uh, this is probably uh, one of my favorite bets of the night, Milwaukee minus 5.5. I think this number is a little low here. Um, just to put in the context, I think the Celtics were a seven and a half point favorite hosting the Miami Heat yeah. the, uh, last week. I think it was, I um, think it closed eight and a half, so the Heat covered in the end. But yeah, Boston also no showed the first quarter and then immediately right. buried Miami from that point forward. So yeah, um, so yeah, I'm with you. Minus five and a half here for the Bucks. Uh, any thoughts on the total two twenty four and a half? I'm gonna lean to the over. I think Milwaukee might go crazy in this game, so I'll go with the over. Yeah, I'll look at Giannis. Sorry, um, uh, Bucks team total to go over in this game. Uh, player props uh, in this game you're looking at, Scott? I'll go with Giannis. I'll go with Lillard threes. I think Lillard has to bounce back after being that bad against Atlanta yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what else do I like? Jimmy Butler under. That's a hot take, but I think after the playoff series, they might send seven guys off the bench to guard him while mm-hmm. they have five guys on the court. You mm-hmm. might see a massive, massive quadruple team on Jimmy. So, yeah, I think they're going to try to keep him in check. He's also been battling an injury, allegedly. So I think it's a good mm-hmm. spot to fade Butler. Butler regular season numbers are highly inflated because they factor in the upside, but he never shows up for a lot of these games. So yeah. I'll go with Butler under for the spot. Uh, I was looking at Rick Lopez to go over one and a half threes again. It's Jason says one. it's 21 and a half for Butler. Doesn't that just sound high for a guy that seems disinterested in half these regular season games? I mean, yeah, I don't think this is a game that he would get up for, but. And he also sat last game, so maybe he's dealing with something. I don't even yeah. know. But and he hasn't only been to the under the ball. Butler. Yeah, he hasn't been shooting the ball well either. 31%. He was 3 of 11 against Boston and 6 of 18 against the Detroit Pistons. So. I just think offensively, the Miami Heat don't have enough. I, again, I, I think this is a, a, a spot where you maybe will look at a trifecta first quarter, first half, and full game for the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, next game on the board. Let's go over to the Golden State Warriors. They are headed to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Pelicans currently sitting as a four and a half point favorite. 
Total of 226.5. Golden State did play last night against my Rockets. They took care of business there, where Steph Curry absolutely made Dylan Brooks look like an idiot. Um, 86 million. Four years, yeah, 86 yeah. million. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the Pelicans on their injury report, um, Jose Alvarado continues to be out with the right ankle issue. Najee Marshall is out as well with the right knee contusion. And Trey Murphy is still recovering from a left knee injury. So he's going to be out in this game. No, And, Z- and Zion's still alive, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Zion is still, yeah. I don't see him on the injury report. Um, don't see anything about strippers or anything either. So. Uh, Warriors, keep in mind that maybe Draymond does not play in this game because he did make his appearance or he made his season debut last night against the Rockets. Um, maybe still dealing with an ankle issue there as well, but maybe uh, keep that in mind for the um, for the Warriors. But right now, Scott, four and a half for the Pelicans, man. What are you thinking? I know the line seems high. I think it's high for a reason. I think they're trying to beat people and taking Golden State. I'm going to take the Pelicans in this spot. Uh, we know Golden State historically has been, or at least the last year and change, they have been a really good home team, a bad road team. Mm-hmm. Did beat Sacramento on the road over the weekend. Shout out to them. I was wrong on that pick because Curry went nuclear. But I still think the Pelicans should dominate on the inside. Valanciunas didn't do much last game. He got into foul trouble. Zion is an absolute unit when he plays. There's just so much length on this Pelicans team, and the Warriors really don't have any front court depth at all. I think the Pelicans have a pretty good game plan to get the job done, and I think with the home crowd behind them, they'll get up for this game. The Warriors struggled against uh, the Rockets for a decent portion of that game before Mm -hmm. the Rockets kind of no-showed the fourth quarter. But I am going to go with the Pelicans. I know it's going to sound a little bit of a scary line to take, but I think it's warranted. I'll take the Pelicans at home. Give me Valanchunas or Zion or both having double-digit rebounds. Besides Looney, Golden State really can't rebound. So I'll go with the Pelicans minus four and a half. I think there's two games last season. Uh, Pelicans, um, I know we talked about Warriors at volumes last season about how bad they are on the road. But last season, the Pelicans uh, hosted the Warriors twice uh, at home. They won 114-105 and then 128-83 uh, against the Warriors. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I like this line as well. I think you're 100% correct that the books may be baiting you and trying to take the Warriors. You're at plus four and a half. So, I like the Pelicans here, minus four and a half um, on the spread here. Anything on the total, 226 and a half? I think I'm going to lean to the, do I want the over? I think I'm going to lean to the under in this one. No real strong opinion here, but the Pelicans are a team that doesn't go as fast as they should. And I wonder if Golden State on the second of a back-to-back, maybe rest some guys. We'll see what happens. So I'll lean to the under. I don't feel great about it, but I'll go with the under. Hey, Kaysen mentioned we love the long pods uh, to our fans. So, uh, yeah, I mean, don't want to make it too long. But, yeah, we love talking about hoops, especially with 11-game slate uh, on the Monday schedule. But, yeah, as far as props, I really didn't get a chance to dig into a lot of here. Maybe Valanchunas rebounds. Um, he killed me last game against the Knicks, personally. But yeah. it, he got into foul trouble. Zion, I see it's 6.5. It's at like minus 145, minus 148. I like the mm. over on Zion boards. Okay. Um, and maybe Steph. Uh, I think we go back to CP3 assist, don't we? Uh, yeah, whether he comes off the bench or not. He's been very yeah. consistent with it, and he has done well against the Pelicans. Luckily for him, Alvarado's not playing, so he's not going to be hounded. <laughs> so I think Chris Paul's in a good spot. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to give Steph Curry the Herb Jones treatment, or they're going to try to, and they'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if he can take Steph off his game. Probably not. But we'll see what happens. Um, 
CB3 yesterday against the Rockets had seven assists, but he did come off of the bench, obviously, because Draymond Green did get the start. Um, so again, if that number is anywhere, I think even if, if Draymond doesn't play that number comes out at eight and a half again, I'll be on the over because he should be in that starting lineup if Draymond doesn't play on a back-to-back night. Uh, all right, let's get over to uh three games still left here. Let's go over to the Utah Jazz. Sorry, two games left. Uh the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets, the altitude teams playing all against each other in Denver. Denver. Currently eight point favorite. They are on a back to back here, like we mentioned. Uh, they did play against Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, but not a huge travel spot from OKC to back to Denver. Uh, currently, Denver is an eight point favorite. Total is sitting at two twenty seven and a half. Injury report for the Utah Jazz: uh, Ochi Abachi is questionable here tonight with a right knee contusion. Uh, guys that are are uh, that are out for this game are pretty much guys that are either on assignment or two way uh, contracts for the Utah Jazz. So uh, Abachi is the only significant i guess player for the utah jazz not yet one submitted for the denver nuggets because like we mentioned they did play yesterday against okc thunder uh while scott gives his handicap for this game i'll pull up the numbers of how many minutes these starters did play for the denver nuggets yeah so utah i think we've learned i know it's still early in the season but i think it's safe to say the first couple months of last year were a bit fluky because they're not very good (laughs) just being honest uh i saw them get buried by a phoenix team that only had durant on the floor basically he had 21 first half points to eric gordon that's probably not ideal did beat the clippers at home in their last game but we've talked about this a lot they're good at home they're not good on the road they don't guard anybody so i think denver team total over is worth a look but yeah, it's really tough to make a case against Denver because I think they're easily the best team in the league. And I think that Jokic, of course, is incredible. Uh, Jamal's been... I mentioned it before, but the fact that Peyton Watson turned out to be a really good player after they lost Bruce Brown and they lost Jeff Green just basically says that they're swapping guys in off the bench and it doesn't even matter because they're just going to win every game. Denver might win... Denver's going to win 60-plus games. Just watching them play. They're yeah. going to win like 65. Like This team is phenomenal if they stay fully healthy. So mm-hmm. I'm on Denver. This team's incredible. Like, there's really no way to – I can't use enough adjectives to describe how good this team is. I'm going to go with Denver. I know Utah, it's a divisional game. You can make an argument Denver might be overlooking the Jazz. Jazz got embarrassed against Phoenix. Maybe they step up. I don't, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll take Denver. This this Utah team can't guard anybody. So I'll go with the Nuggets to probably score 125. Give me Denver in the spot. Jokic triple-double. All day, every day. I think the assists are going to be there. A lot of backdoor cuts, a lot of dunks at the rim. I think Jokic puts on a, on a master class in this game. Um, the minutes yesterday, I was going to mention that the Denver Nuggets, the most minutes yesterday was uh, 30 minutes. Three guys, um, Joker, Murray, and Casey Plea all played 30 minutes. Michael Porter Jr., 25. Aaron Gordon, 23. Uh, so maybe a similar situation here tonight for this, uh, for this Denver Nuggets team. But yeah. I mean, I can't get you can't get it from this Denver Nuggets team right now. I mean, they're they're taking care of business. They've, I think, I want to say, blown out all three of their opponents. I know the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies game, was, game close. was close, but they couldn't have shot in the fourth quarter. They were winning basically the entire game. Yeah. Um, so again, like we mentioned yesterday, they won by thirty three against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They won again by twelve. Excuse me, against the L.A. Lakers. That was a road game, right? They beat OKC on the road by about thirty. Yeah, so this is only their second. Yeah, they're, this is only their second uh, home game um, this season. Uh, Lakers obviously on opening night, and the last two games, Memphis and OKC were on the road, so they go back home uh, tonight to host the Utah Jazz. But yeah, short and simple for me, uh, minus eight, 
eight eight for the um, Denver Nuggets here tonight. I know you mentioned Jokic triple double. Um, I got to go with Michael Porter Jr. on his rebounds, seven and a half. Um, I started at plus one hundred five this morning. I know it was at plus one ten last night. Let me see an updated number here. Uh, it is at minus one hundred five now. So there's looks like there's some money coming in on that number for Michael Porter Jr. as far as his rebounding prop, uh, but. He's uh, gone over this projection of seven and a half in all three games, averaging 11.3 on the season. First two games, he had 12 against the Lakers, 13 against the Grizzlies, and then nine against the OKC Thunder. So at seven and a half, I think that he can definitely get this over this number against the Utah Jazz. Any other player props you're looking at here, Scott? Uh, not really. I, I feel like if I was looking for any other Nuggets players, I probably would consider Murray threes. Uh, but I just think Jokic has a great game. I'll stick with Jokic. Yeah, T Rock mentioning he took uh, MPJ's uh, double double at plus three twenty on DK. Yeah, I, I really do like that. Uh, Actually, I'm thinking if I want Aaron Gordon liability because I just mentioned there's going to be a lot of backdoor cuts, and if you're going to be looking at Kessler probably guarding Jokic somewhat away from the basket. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of backdoor cut opportunities for Aaron Gordon. I think Gordon yeah. might have a good game today. Um, curious to see what Gordon's uh, steals and blocks is before we get to the last game of the night here. Um, Gordon, one and a half. And he's gone. He's had at least three in all three games uh, thus far this season. So okay. maybe that's worth a look. One and a half at minus 125 for Incorn steals and blocks combined. All right, Scott, last game of the night. We have the Orlando Magic. They are in Hollywood to take on the Lakers. This line opened up around, I want to say, three or three and a half in favor of the Lakers. That number is now down to minus two. Total sitting at 218. We talked about it at the top of the show. Lakers coming off of the overtime loss. In Sacramento yesterday, they're traveling back home now to play Orlando, who's Orlando's probably been there for at least a night. Uh, so rest advantage for the Orlando Magic in this game. I know you mentioned the numbers or the amount of minutes that the two starters or the two stars for the Lakers played last night. LeBron played 39 minutes. Anthony Davis played 42. Torian Prince, 41. D'Angelo Russell, 41 as well. So heavy, heavy minutes for four of the five starters uh, yesterday for the Lakers. Well, the Magic um, won D'Lo to play, just to be clear. Yeah, and no yeah. significant injuries for the Orlando Magic. It's guys with two-way contracts that are out for this game. But... I think yeah, I think it's magic in the spot here, right? I think it's a good spot here for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I bet a last night at three and okay. a half, and yeah. I'll take it again. I think the Magic are going to win the game. I think it's a good spot for them. I got three and a half because one book went rogue and gave me an extra free and a, extra point and a half for free, which I'll do every mm-hmm. time. But yeah. I think at two, I still got to like Orlando. I have a hard time believing LeBron and AD are going to play north of thirty minutes together after mm-hmm. they played north of thirty nine minutes together in the game yeah. yesterday. Sacramento is also an up-tempo team, so there's added running involved. Like, it's it's such a bad spot for an older core. They're going to be exhausted. I got to take Orlando. They played their last game in Portland. I'm not sure if they actually flew back or not. Probably not, but no. Orlando's good. I, I yeah. mentioned their coach to potentially win coach of the year. I mentioned mm-hmm. Orlando being a playoff team, 7-1 to win the division, I thought was appealing. And I just think Orlando is a solid team. You're looking at the depth they have. They have a lot of bodies which can tire out the Lakers because they can throw a lot of different looks at this team. Jonathan Isaac's even alive. Can you believe it? Like, I think that he can even give them some decent defensive minutes. Fultz is good. Cole Anthony's been good. Franz looks like he's potentially going to be a candidate for most improved. Yeah. As of right now, it's going to Maxi or Duran, but still, oh, yeah. is, he's been very good. Boncaro's mm-hmm. a solid player. Uh, I, I like this team. Simply put, give me Orlando Moneyline. 
Yeah, uh, the Portland are in the midst of a four-game West Coast road trip, so I'm pretty sure they stayed there. Uh, they haven't played since Friday, so obviously uh, two games off. They didn't play over the weekend, Saturday it's and Sunday. a massive rest advantage for a young yeah. team. Uh, so they have LA uh, back-to-back uh, tonight and tomorrow, and they have Utah on Thursday. And then I think to back, and then they go back home on Saturday to face the Lakers. I think that might be a spot to bet on the Lakers if uh, the Lakers do lose here tonight. Um, but again, I think, again, just talking about it from a rest advantage uh, perspective, all in the favor of the Orlando Magic. I think, I, I, I think at this point of the season, third game in, the depth I think is a lot better for the Orlando Magic here as well. So I'm with you. Orlando Magic plus two in this game. Any player props in this game here, Scott? I'm, sorry, uh, I'm going with the Magic. I think Boncaro shows up. I know he's been a bit quiet because he's been allowed to defer since Franz has been solid, but I think Boncaro shows up in crypto, whatever you want to call it, crypto, a.k.a. former Staples. I think he shows up and has a good game, so I think he's in line for a good performance. The Lakers, I can't touch anybody because I'm not sure LeBron's going to play. They're, they've been rumored to monitor his minutes, and then they realize, wow, our team sucks when he's off the floor. And then he's playing every minute of the fourth quarter against Phoenix. He's playing every minute and overtime involved. I know he came in like he did his classic resting against the Kings, but he still played 39 minutes. I don't know if he's going to play or not, so I can't really take any props involving the Lakers because I don't know who's going to be there. If he's out, I think Reeves is going to keep chucking. I think D'Lo is going to keep chucking. I don't mind Rui props if uh, LeBron and AD sit. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I didn't really get a chance to dig into the props here. Maybe it's either Front Walker, like you mentioned, Paulo Pancaro in this game here as well. So uh, maybe Window Carter rebounds is worth a look here as well. That number is at eight and a half. It is juice at minus one thirty a little bit, but I don't hate that angle. But again, definitely keep an eye out for the Lakers injury report. I'm assuming that either LeBron and or AD sit in this game against the Orlando Magic, uh, which kind of tells you I'm mean, just about the Magic right now because that number is definitely going to be on the move if one of those two. Guys I, I got an extra here. point and a half already because I got it at three and a half. Yeah. So I th- of course, if LeBron or AD end up not playing, Orlando's a favorite in this game. Yeah. Uh, 100%. All right, Scott, that was the last game of the night. Let's get into our lock dog, and then we'll put together a uh, underdog fantasy entry kind of for our prop uh, segment for it. So why don't you uh, lead us off with your lock and dog for this uh, Monday schedule? All right, so starting off with the lock for the show, I got a couple of sides that I'm tempted by. Uh, We mentioned Indiana. We mentioned the Bucks, And in theory, maybe even the over for a team total on one of these teams. But... I think I'm going to go with Milwaukee, minus the five and a half. They got embarrassed yesterday, and they were against a yeah. team that eliminated them from the playoffs last year. I still don't think Miami's good. I, I've said this several times, and I do think with Butler already missing games, uh, you can argue that he just didn't want to face off against Minnesota because he's looking ahead to the to the uh, Milwaukee game. It's a home game for Milwaukee. You have to show up. Like You got absolutely buried last time out against Atlanta. A lot of the starters didn't play the fourth quarter. We saw that Dame basically no-showed the entire game against Atlanta. Shout-out to DeJounte, who played good defense. But I still don't think Miami is good. Miami beat one point at home after blue, after blowing a 19-point lead. They won by one point, and they got buried by Minnesota. So I don't think this team's particularly good. I'm going to go with the Bucks to get it done at minus 5.5 as my lock. And for my dog, I think I'm going to go to the last game, Magic Moneyline. Simply put, it's going to be a baby dog, but I do think it's a good spot for them. It's at plus one, what is it, 110, give or take? Yeah, uh, yeah I see mm-hmm. 110. I'll take it. I think that the Lakers laying this is kind of embarrassing based on the spot. Give me a Orlando money one. Love it. Uh, all right, for my lock, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets, man. I mean, this is a team that I do not want to get in front of right now. Uh, 
the hundred percent, I think they are night and day better team than the Denver, uh, sorry, than the Utah Jazz. But again, last night or yesterday afternoon, I should say, no starter played more than thirty minutes, so nothing really of significance as far as when it comes to you know a lot of minutes logged by those starters. Uh, they're just playing great basketball right now. I don't think Utah has enough defensive uh, ability to say with these guys. Um, Jokic should get his. I think it'll be another great Aaron Gordon game. Jamal Murray's been playing well as well. They, they're, they're getting guys off the bench that contributed for this team as well. So defensively, I just don't think they can keep up with the Denver Nuggets. So I'll take the Nuggets at home, minus eight. Um, I agree about the uh, the Bucks, but I'm going to take this number up to minus 10 for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is a game where they they put their foot down after getting embarrassed. I think that's just even extra motivation uh, for this Bucks team uh, to come out and play well here tonight against the Miami Heat. Um, so you could get them a minus 10 around plus 175 uh, against the Miami Heat here tonight. So um, look for Dame to play well. Look for Giannis to play well. Look for this team to bounce back. Huge motivation spot for the Miami, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks after what transpired last season uh, in the playoffs. So I'll take the Milwaukee Bucks on an alt spread minus 10 uh, against the uh, Miami Heat. That number's at plus 160. Uh, Scott, for our player props, before we wrap it up here, we'll put together an underdog entry here for tonight. Um, I know we talked about a lot of player props in this game. Uh, where do we want to start? I think do we want to put Jalen Dern rebounds in. Uh, if you want to, or if you want to go for blocks or something. But what's Dern's number at for underdog? So they don't have rebounds alone. They have rebounds and assists combined at 15. Yeah, so I don't want to throw an assist there. Um, okay. For a blocks prop. I kind of, I really do like that Chet one and a half. Let me see if they have it. Chet one and a half blocks. Okay, that is in there. We have that one. Okay. You have a problem um, that you want to throw in? We can just take turns. Yeah. Um, God, there's, I, I really do like the Michael Porter Jr. rebound props. Let's um, do it. If they have it. Oh, you said yeah, that they don't have rebounds half. alone. Yeah, they they have it for Michael. Porter. Oh, they do. Okay. I think, yeah, I think they caught on to Jalen Duran. Maybe did underdog about yeah, just his they're rebounds. They're trying to cheat. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. So I put in Michael Porter Jr. seven and a half rebounds higher. What else would we like? Uh, well, we need one more pick. So I'm trying to think of what we want to go with. Um, um Hallie you want to go Ben Simmons rebounds? Oh yeah, let's look at that. Simmons. Uh, rebounds at nine. Damn it. Rebounds okay. and assists at sixteen and a half. Do you want to take that? I think I like. I like that too. Yeah, let's do it. I think it'll go okay. Uh, all right, so we'll put that together. Chet Holmgren, a higher one and a half blocks. Michael Porter Jr., higher seven and a half rebounds. And then Ben Simmons, rebounds and assists combined, 16 and a half. We'll go with a higher on that for our underdog pick em entry uh, for the Monday schedule. All right, uh, win about 85 minutes here, Scott, uh, for the 11 game schedule. Uh, anything else we want to mention before we get out of here? Yeah, I don't want to break this up into a part two, so we're going to end it now. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll be back tomorrow with myself and Terrell for the Tuesday schedule. Make sure to follow Scott on on Twitter at Rise Show Radio. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast channel. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give it.